Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Five Yard Rush Mock Draft 2.0. That's Adam Murphy, that's Ben Isaacs, you may remember him from a previous podcast. Boys, welcome to the draft room, how are we doing? Living the dream. You know, I mean, I was I was meant to be in Las Vegas covering the draft with uh, with ESPN. That was the penciled in plan, but instead, I'm in my bedroom and I'm talking to you guys on lockdown. And I think that's probably for the best, right? Absolutely. I was going to say my plan was to sit here and do a podcast with stocks, and we end up with you. So <laughs> we're ahead. <Yeah. laughs> you might be you might be miles behind, but we're. Uh, we're ahead, so yeah, we'll call it a draw. We'll we'll wash it across the board. We've sure, got balancing sure. the weights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um yeah, this is it's an exciting mock this and looking forward to to getting through it all. Good evening, everyone. This is the five yard rush NFL fans mock draft two I am your commissioner for this evening, Murph. Just wanted to thank you all for watching this or listening to this at, uh, at what is a difficult time for the world. Um, you've got the the pandemic, which is you know costing uh, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people their lives, with uh, many and many more suffering at home. We hope that this brings some 
comfort and light entertainment to uh, proceedings and we really hope that you're able to enjoy this and that all your families and friends are safe uh, do remember to keep those distances and, and wash those hands so without further ado we will be introducing tonight's mock draft this one has been a bit more of a challenge due to what's going on uh, as you can tell there's no studio uh, it's people completely remotely, almost in very similar settings to the actual event that will happen in just two days time or one day time, depending on when you're hearing it, maybe even draft day itself, if you've decided to save this episode. Um, and that's absolutely great. And if you are listening to this and you do enjoy this, we do ask if you can just contribute anything you can afford as as little as much as possible to some form of NHS charity if you haven't already done so that would be uh, absolutely brilliant I know on the night they're going to be doing uh, some form of draft uh, draft-a-thon uh, telethon and I know that we don't necessarily have to say reaches the NFL but if there was a way that we can potentially just raise a little bit of money for the NHS and those that are uh, really struggling at the moment that would be uh, absolutely amazing so um, we're not going to do a formalized fund me or, or link um, you know at the end of the day we're here to, to entertain but if you do find this entertaining and would like to do something that would be uh, a really wonderful thing to, to do so we are going to be getting on with today's proceedings or tonight's proceedings and uh, I can officially now say that the 2020 five-yard rush NFL fan mock draft 2.0 is officially open and that the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock with the first pick in the 2020 five-yard rush NFL mock draft the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow quarterback LSU hi I'm Adam Walford I run touchdowntips.com you can find me at touchdowntips on Twitter and I'll be picking for the Cincinnati Bengals in the five-yard rush mock draft with the first selection in the draft, unsurprisingly, we're taking Joe Burrow. He's the consensus number one from pretty much everywhere you can read. And it's not surprising. He was the Heisman Trophy winner last year. He set many, many records, including 60 passing touchdowns in a season. He was responsible for 65 as he rushed for five himself. He threw for 463 yards in the final against Clemson, which is a record. He was responsible for 521 yards in that game as he rushed fair bits as well. Uh, in the previous game against Oklahoma, he threw for seven touchdowns in one half, finishing with just o- just under 500 yards in that game against them. Um, the Bengals are in need of a franchise quarterback, and given the fact that Andy Dalton is likely moving on, he's always been distinctly average. Uh, this is the chance to reignite the fan base, to reignite the franchise, to bring some people back into that stadium in Ohio. Speaking of Ohio, Joe Burrow is an Ohio lad. He lives down the road, his family are down the road, his girlfriend lives around the area as well. So it would mean a fairly easy transition for him. He is very comfortable under pressure as well, which is very good for the Bengals. Obviously, the offensive line issues are talked about quite often in Cincinnati. So having someone who is the best in who was the best in college last year under pressure would be a pretty big benefit for the Bengals. Uh, we welcome back Jonah Williams, who was injured for the whole of last year. So that's a big piece of the offensive line already sorted. They We re-signed uh, Trey Hopkins at centre, who was rated very highly by PFF last year. 
Uh, and in this draft, I would imagine we will be making a couple more picks at offensive line. The offense on in general is pretty darn good. We've got Joe Mixon, who's one of the better running backs in the league. If AJ Green comes back fit this year, obviously he's franchise tagged then we have one of the best wide receivers in the league uh, to go alongside John Ross, who was explosive in parts last year, and Tyler Boyd, who put up another 1,000-yard season while at the Bengals. Um, so, yeah, uh, we've reignited, well, resupplied on um, in the secondary um, with Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander, hopefully stocking up there, and Von Bell coming in at safety to improve what was one of the worst secondaries in the league last year. It was a debut season for Zach Taylor, and we look forward to him improving this season and the offense improving on the whole. With Joe Burrow there, that is a pretty big step forward, and hopefully he'll be the face of the franchise for the next 15, 20 years going forward. That's me done. A big who day for the Bengals and Bengals fans out there. Uh, Visit my website, touchdowntips.com, and enjoy the rest of the draft. Who day? Well, you've heard all the audio. You've seen all the picks. Let's dive into the analysis and we'll start with Joe Burrow at number one to Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, not much to talk about here. It's probably been the most mocked <laughs> the most mocked quarterback to, to team I can remember in the last decade or so. Um, every year there's always been some sort of question. I guess maybe Jared Goff to the Rams was pretty early on. So not much to do here. I think he's it's a it's a locked on pick. I mean, yeah, he's he's not the best player. He's not even the best quarterback. But this is still the right pick at number one because the Bengals need a guy who's a winner. They need a a reasonably safe pick, even though he's possibly a game manager. Um, he's had one of the the greatest seasons in college football history. There's not a whole lot to go on really. But if the if the Bengals didn't take him, and then he had a fantastic career, this would be used as a stick to beat him with, beat them with forever sensible pick and I it's hard to disagree a high character guy he comes in he's uh good with uh, good with teammates uh really believes in a teamwork ethic gets behind everybody even if he I mean we all expect him to start opening day whenever opening day is but let's say in an alternate universe he doesn't for whatever reason he has to sit a couple of games you know he's going to be fine with, with that he's a he's a good guy to have around the the locker room and He's going to, I think, have a good NFL career. How great, we'll find out. But I think at least he'll be a solid starter in this league for years to come. Yeah, I think his success and failure will be more down to the Bengals than it will be down to him. I completely agree. With the second pick in the 2020 five-yard rush mock draft 2.0, the Washington Redskins select Chase Young, edge rusher, Ohio State. I've just had word come through to me that... The pick supposed to be made by Lawrence at uh, the Full 10 Yards podcast. His uh, audio and video is down. It looks like Dan Schneider, owner of the Washington Redskins, has failed to pay the electric bill for all of his staff and employees during this time. And that's meant that Lawrence is unable to uh, be on audio video to, to, to tell us about the reaction of the pick. So, with more reaction, we go back to the studio. Right then with the second pick, pretty much the same as Burrow. It's Chase Young to the Washington Redskins. This one as well has been pretty much mocked to death. Best player in the draft. Um, you know, some people say, oh, maybe Washington should trade down and get a boatload of picks. No, they should take Chase Young. He's, he's the most talented guy on the board. Just do the sensible thing. Take him and have a massive upgrade. I think he's going to be a perennial 
all pro if Washington don't coach the talent out of him. Absolutely. And I think the fact you've got Ron Rivera there, I think uh, this is this is almost like a match made in heaven to have someone like Ron Rivera coaching someone like Chase Young. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's someone that's really going to get the best out of him. I think if we had, uh, if we'd had Jay Gruden there still, you know, debatable nice. as to what might have happened. But <laughs> I, I think this is a home run pick and yeah, mocked to death and rightfully so. If anything else happened on the night, then Dan Schneider needs to, uh, well, I don't know what Dan Schneider needs here. to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he needs to anyway, but let's see what happens. But yeah, home run pick for me. With the third pick in the 2025 yard rush mock draft 2.0, the Detroit Lions select Jeffrey Akuda, cornerback, Ohio State. Hello, I'm with the third pick. The Detroit Lions will be no longer be taking Derek Brown. Um, during the off-season, we've added Nick Williams and Danny Shelton um, to kind of assist with the defensive line, so I don't consider the priority at the moment. So the third pick for the Detroit Lions will be changing. And we will be taking, with the third pick, Jeffrey Akuda, Ohio State. Losing Darius Slay during the off-season uh, to the Eagles has given us some draft capital with which to work. Um, but when you do need someone to work alongside uh, Desmond Trufan. Now, we do have Coleman, although he does have an out at the end of this year. Um, so it is potential that he could be leaving us um, at this time. Um, we also have Amani Arawurie. Um, he's potentially a long-term prospect. Um, he may fill that gap, but at the present we don't know. So with the reasoning for Jeffrey Akuda, who we will be taking the pick. Um, is to enhance and have a, sort of an immediate impact on for the cornerback. Um, and I would expect the Lions to take, a, you know, readdress that defensive line for the edge and the interior uh, in the second and third rounds of the, uh, the draft. There is an outside chance in those second and third rounds. They may go for a wide receiver as well. We've got Marvin Jones coming up to the end of his contract on his final year. So they want someone to work alongside um, Kenny Galladay. So that's a possibility. Um, but for the moment, the immediate priority for the Lions is to go for a, a cornerback who can make an immediate impact on the team. And for that reason, Jeffrey Akuda seems to be the guy. And then at number three, the Detroit Lions select cornerback Jeffrey Akuda. I, uh, I really liked our chat with the guy who came on and did the other mock draft the other day, Murphy, who said that the Redskins should take Akuda over Young. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some logic to that, obviously, given the fact that um, when it comes to you know, Ed Rushers and Chase Young is is one of the three they'll have there, whereas they're more deficient at corner. But I don't think you can refuse the best player in, in the draft. Whoever's with Akuda, I mean, so with this mock draft, there's no there's no trades. I fully probably expect Detroit to, to cash in here and to take advantage of the quarterback situation behind them. So I don't necessarily expect them to be picking Akuda at three, but if they slide to five or six, I think that they definitely will. And he feels the hole that has been left completely behind by Darius Slay. Although there's a lot of talk now of Henderson sliding up boards in the last few days, but whether that's lying season, who knows? Uh, yeah, he's uh, nobody seems to be getting talked up more than CJ Henderson right now, but Akuda is definitely the pick at number three. And I think the Lions should stick with Akuda rather than, rather than trade down. I don't trust them as an organization to make the most of those picks lower down. Um, Akuda's the second of all the players in the draft he's the one I've got the second most confidence in after Chase Young of just being that guy that pro bowler that reliable shutdown guy 
And what a night for Ohio State if this is how it goes. Burrow started at Ohio State, Chase Young, Ohio State, Akuda, Ohio State. Um, they're clearly doing something, <laughs> something well there. Absolutely. And uh, they're not going to be the only Ohio State players picked in this first round either, so, or any ties to them at all. So um, I think if they, it depends what happens with Miami and what Miami want to do. I think if they move from three to five, I still think they get Akuda. And I think if that's the case and you get a few extra picks, then what's the harm? Um, I think, yeah, if you're right, sliding past five or six, I probably wouldn't do it. But I fully expect them to probably go down to five or six and get, uh, and still get Akuda, um, barring some kind of catastrophe or the Lions, uh, sorry, the, the Giants doing something completely irregular. With the fourth pick in the 2025 hour rush mock draft 2.0, the New York Giants select Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, Clemson. So unfortunately, with the fourth pick, uh, Dave Gettleman's computer folks have seemed to cut the feed to uh, Jack Humphrey of the Kickers Matter podcast, who was due to uh, be joining us to give us his reasons or the team's reasons for the pick. Um, so it looks like the, the money that Dave Gettleman has spent on computer folk hasn't quite worked in his favor. And it looks like he's going to have to spend more time uh, on his uh, little desk or whatever it was that he was doing with all of his toys and uh, post-it notes. I mean, I guess we'll never know. Maybe the, the post-it note all along said, cut the feed for Jack at Kickers Matter podcast to ensure he doesn't speak on our behalf. I don't know. I'm throwing it out there as, as conjecture, but for some reaction on the pick, it's back to the studio. Talking of the Giants, let's go to the Big Apple. And they selected Isaiah Simmons. Now, in, safety in, linebacker, everybody. <laughs> in, in February, Jack picked Jerry Judy in this position, and I don't blame him necessarily for taking for taking Jerry Judy. But we're going to see that it's a very deep draft for wide receivers, so you don't need to you don't need to kind of um, you know blow your wad immediately. Um, I love Isaiah Simmons. Um, technically, he's a technically he's a linebacker. He's super fast. He can play multiple positions. Um, I think this is the this is the pick the Giants should make. But again, they're going to be in the same situation as the Lions. They can trade down and potentially still get Simmons, depending on depending on who they, you know, who they trade to. I don't, uh, yeah, I, I just don't trust get, get them in the trade down. It's just not his sort of thing. Um, I still think that they should go offensive tackle here. I think the fact that you've made the investment in Jones, the fact you've got investment in, in other players there, Saquon, for example, makes me think you should go tackle here, but it's just not as, it's not an eye-catching pick like Simmons is. And that's what the Giants do. Every draft, they always seem to, with a high pick, really get people talking. And they don't do what they quote-unquote should do. They go for the player who they think is going to have star quality, whether you believe that or not. Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones are great examples of that. They've had people talking. Isaiah Simmons, I think, will have people talking for the right reasons. You can't really begrudge the Giants taking uh, a player like Simmons here because of just what he can do and the fact that he can play so many different positions and to a very high standard. So um, I, I know a lot of Giants fans who are confident they'll bring a, a tackle in, but I, I'm with you, Ben. I think this will be the pick on, on Thursday night. With the fifth pick in the 2020 five-yard rush mock draft 2.0, the Miami Dolphins select Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback, Alabama. Spoken to the health and strength guys, they're telling me he gets clean better health so far. It makes sense. We collected picks last year with the intention of selecting Tua. 
the injury doesn't actually change it an awful lot with a clean bill of health. Um, I think it's worth taking the chance as the gap between him and Herbert is quite significant. Um, if there's no no off-season this year, it's okay. We can redshirt him if he's physically fit to play. Don't be surprised if you see him at the back end of the season. Um, also, having a quarterback room with Ryan Fitzpatrick in is going to be great. Show him how to learn to be an NFL quarterback. He even came out and said that himself, you know, in the in the pre-draft visits that he'd done. Um, so I'm over the moon. If, if, if this plays out in real life, I'd be virtually running to the podium um, to hand in the card for Tua Tungalo to be the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, hopefully for the next decade or more. Next up, the Miami Dolphins, and they select Shock Tua Tagovailoa. Probably that said that wrong, but anyway. No, that was good. Okay, cool. Lee's pretty sure that this is going to be their pick, whether right, they trade up or not. He's the he's the biggest risk in the draft, but he is also the best quarterback. Um, his ceiling is so high. Um, we all know about the about the injury issues, and they were pretty catastrophic. He's not been able to work out for teams like he normally would have. Um, this is obviously an extraordinary off season. So it puts him in a difficult position. There's lots of talk um, where GMs have apparently said, Oh, he, he doesn't have it. He can't do it. And I would take all that with a pinch of salt because lots of things are put out there to put off other teams from trading up. I wish I could say with some confidence that he will be durable enough, but it is important. Any of us are just making a total guess. Um, my guess is that he will be okay. Um, and if he is okay, then clearly this is the guy for Miami to to take them forward for for their sakes. Hopefully, the next decade. See, I I, I kind of want to pour a bit of cold water on on the, the decade stuff. I, listen, he's got injury concerns. Do I see him playing starting quarterback until he's thirty five? Probably not. But I think you can get five six years of elite production out of him as long as he's fit. I mean, he even if you sit him for a year, you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick there. He will do you a job until. Tua is ready to to play. So I think these concerns, he has to be ready week one. I don't think that's important, nor do I think the Dolphins are thinking of him as a 10-year pick. I think they're looking, if we can get four and a half years of him, rebuild our franchise with all the picks that we've got over the next couple of years, we can build ourselves into a really good team. If Tua gives us four or five years of elite production and that's it, I'm sorry, most teams should be thinking like that. 10 years is just too long to be thinking, you know, all the GMs aren't going to be there unless you're Bill Belichick are going to be there in 10 years time anyway. So I think it's a risk, but I think you're going to get at least, you're going to play till he's 30 before these injuries really stop him. There might be that risk. He doesn't play 16 games. He might miss a game or two, but I think if you're the Dolphins here, I think it's the perfect player for the culture, for the environment, the fact that he's so good with his teammates, the fact that he, it's just, it's just, he makes everybody better around him. And I think that's why you've got to have, you've got to take your punt on the best talent and don't worry about a decade. If you can get well, five years, take it. I'll, I'll add a caveat to that, to that decade. The reason I'm thinking that long-term for the Dolphins is because of the number of picks that they have at the top end of this draft. Mm. That this is, this is a make or break draft for them because you don't normally get these opportunities. Mm. And I think whether you like it or not, if you're the Dolphins, you have to be you have to be thinking not just medium term, but set yourselves up for success for a for a long time. 
they're not just kind of plugging in some pieces here. They, you know, they, they can rebuild through the draft and that's how you do it, how you do it well. So if they, if they do this draft well, I think they are looking at a decade of success, whether it's to a under center for the decade, who knows, but I think this is how they can make it work. If Mm. the, the sky's the limit if they draft well Mm. this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they're not going to be winning the AFC East this year, but I think you know they can they can definitely get into positions in the next two years. Patriots decline. That that division's up to grabs next year for me, um, and I think it's it's definitely something that they can do to move forward. It they are really the def- there's two pivot points in this early part of the draft. The Giants for where they go, and then what the Dolphins do, because I think that sets the tone almost for the next ten picks. Because if 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 he doesn't go to the, the the Dolphins or or the Chargers. Two is sliding down this board, and I mean we're talking about he's going in the teens, maybe even the late teens, and someone might trade up to get him. Because I can't see teams, I can't see Carolina going for him, and then I can't see the the teams afterwards who don't need a quarterback going for him. So I think this is a real pivot point of this draft after the, the Giants to see what really happens. And it's whether the, the, the Dolphins pick here at five, this is the real story of the early part of this draft. With the sixth pick in the 2020 five-yard rush mock draft 2.0, the Los Angeles Chargers select Tristan Wirth's offensive tackle, Iowa. So I'm here to make the sixth overall pick for the Chargers, my Chargers. I'm going with Tristan Wirth's defensive tackle out of Iowa. Wirth will bookend the Chargers line with fellow Iowa tackle Brian Balaga. So, why did I make this pick? Uh, so, it's a tough choice, actually, for me. Um, even as a fan, a fan mock uh, that we're doing, I kind of deliberated over this pick for quite a while, actually, quite a few minutes. Um, in the previous one that we made, prior to the scouting combine, I picked Justin Herbert, the Oregon QB. And I was more than happy with that pick at the time. Um, I was fairly sure the Chargers were going to make that pick at that time as well. However, for the two months down the timeline, I'm not really sure anymore. But I don't think that's a bad pick as the Chargers ended up taking Justin Herbert. Uh, I think he's a good QB, I think he's a good prospect, I think in the right environment and with the right team, he, he'll have a good, a good NFL career. I don't think there's any question about that. Confirming um, that, if the Chargers did end up making that pick uh, in a few days' time, I'm not happy with it, you know, depending on what their options were and what sort of players were available at that time. So, what's changed then? Why am I, why am I suddenly like, changing my mind and, and going towards Tristan Wirth? Well, my belief that the Chargers are going to uh, pick best player available rather than kind of be railroaded into picking a QB is kind of really strengthened over this time. Uh, Anthony Lynn's been really bullish over Tyrod Taylor. They're obviously familiar with each other and in familiarity in this time with the coronavirus and possibly a shortened season is going to be really, really valuable. I think he's going to have a leg up over any rookie QB that might come in at any point in the draft. Um, so also I think the QB kind of will come in at some point. Obviously Tyrod's only under one uh, contract for one more season. I do think that uh, he's not a long-term answer. And we will be a QB coming in later down the line. I have my final mock draft coming out on the full time uh, That'll be out on Wednesday, just for the draft, if you want to go out and check that out. Uh, I'll be very grateful for first and, first and foremost. And uh, I do actually have the charges doing that. I have the charges uh, trading up into the first round to do that. So you have to go over to uh, fulltimenials.com on Wednesday and have a look at that. Sort of see how I, uh, how I did that. So it's worse then. How did I end up here? Well, personally, thought of this I just want Isaiah Simmons as the best player available. Uh, but this wasn't possible in this, this mock that we did. Um, Simmons was gone just before me uh, to the Giants. Um, and now I'm in this quandary, aren't I, with, with either Justin Herbert, the pick that I made last time, or Tristan Wirfs, or another offensive tackle. And why Tristan Wirfs then? So I feel like 
it's a player that the Chargers would would value really highly, given the way that they uh, build their offensive linemen, uh, their offensive line, and like their offensive linemen. Sorry, um, they drafted uh, Satre Pipkins last year, uh, Sam Tebby a couple of years ago, Dan Feeney and Forest Lampers guards also a couple of years ago. All of them have great athletic profiles, uh, and that's the way that Anthony wants to roll with a more like QB and, and have a strong running game. And that's where Tristan Worth comes in. Obviously, we saw him destroy the combine, and his best strength is in the run game. Uh, he, the way he gets out in space, destroys blockers. Uh, I think it's going to be something that sort of whets the appetite of Antillian and Alstom Tesco as well. And um, yeah, so I just think that's going to be one of the big strengths. He needs a bit of work in pass protection, but in my opinion, most college offensive tackles do. Uh, they don't really come out polished in that regard. And I think it's something that can work on. Uh, and he has, a, he has good experience in all spots in the line apart from centre. So good bit of versatility there. Um, so yeah, no, I think it'd be a really good really good pick for LA. I think the ceiling is sky high. I think Tristan Wirth is a potential all-pro at some point. So yeah, I'm more than happy to make this pick for the Chargers and lock it in at number number six. Uh, so yeah, thanks guys. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for putting this all together and over to Carolina with the seventh pick. Right then. At number six, the Chargers went with Tristan Wirfs. Uh, he's not my favorite of the offensive tackles. Um, well, I've seen him mocked really high, like as high as fourth. Um, it's a solid and sensible pick. I think he went 10th in the February mock, but no one wanted offensive linemen that night. Um, it's like people forgot that uh, forgot they existed. <laughs> and the Chargers had Justin Herbert in that one, which is obviously an interesting pick. I, I can't... Although, like I say, he's not my favourite offensive tackle. It's a it's a solid it's a solid pick, and I don't I'm not going to begrudge the Chargers. No, he's that. flexible. He can play left tackle and right tackle, which I guess is half the appeal to the the Chargers. There, it's just to get someone on that offensive line to protect, whether it's Tyrod or whether they bring someone in in free agency. So, uh, I don't hate it, but I'm with you. I don't I don't love it either. With the seventh pick in the 2025 yard rush mock draft 2.0, the Carolina Panthers select. Derek Brown, defensive tackle, Clemson. Hi guys, Nia here from NFL with Nia. I think that the Carolina Panthers should draft Derek Brown, defensive tackle from Auburn, as their seventh overall pick in the draft this year. The reason why I think that they should do this is because the guy is an absolute powerhouse. I think that he has a phenomenal skill set. He is an absolute beast on the field. And when we look at what he produced in college last year in terms of numbers, he Wrapped up 33 solo tackles, four sacks, two forced fumbles. You know, the guy is six foot five, he's 318 pounds. He is an absolute monster. And I think that he would be awesome on any defense. But I think when we look at Carolina specifically, I think that, you know, they've got a lot of holes that they now need to plug um, on that defense. So if I'm, if I'm, if I'm their sort of GM, I wouldn't be going with an offensive player for that seventh pick. I would definitely use it on a defensive player. And I think that logically, my mind just goes straight to Derek Brown. Um, I think he would be, as I said, great on any defence. But I think that when we take into account that we've seen the Panthers get rid of big guys like Mario Addison, and we've also seen the release of safety uh, Eric Reid, and we've seen James Bradbury go over to the Giants as well, I think that there's there's a lot of holes to plug. And I think that we, yeah, we need a big new name coming into the Carolina Panthers defence. And I think that he would be a great addition to that team and that locker room energy. At seven, the Carolina Panthers took Derek Brown. I, I, I like him. I like this pick. He's got a he's got a good motor, um, really kind of competitive, uh, kind of aggressive guy on the field. Um, I think it's a nice, uh, nice fit for the Panthers. In the February market, was Akuda. Obviously, Akuda is not going to drop 
as low as this. Um, I would hope not anyway. Um, so personally, thumbs up for, for Derek Brown. I think that's the sort of that's the sort of guy they need on defense in Carolina. I agree, especially with losing Keekley. I think he becomes the de facto leader of that team, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe not in the first few games, but similar to what the, the Buccaneers had to do last year and, and and draft Devin White because they need that leader. They need that communicator, someone who's going to get up. And, and, and Brown possesses a lot of leadership qualities. So I fully expect him to take that role on, especially some of the older statesmen of that, that defense are going to be moving on in the next 12 to 24 months. With the eighth pick in the 2020 five-yard rush mock draft 2.0, the Arizona Cardinals select Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle, Alabama. Hi guys, it's Andrew here from the American Football Cast to make the number eight pick for the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, last time we did this, I chose C.D. Lamb, wide receiver. Uh, But since then, the Cardinals, and I'm sure Murph would agree with this, have made the biggest move in the NFL this offseason by trading for DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans. So there's no need for that that number one receiver to to be taken here uh, at number eight. Um, so that leaves, for me, three options uh, in terms of players, but one option in terms of position. It has to be offensive tackle at number eight. Obviously, Tristan Wirfs is gone, uh, so we're left with the choice between Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wells, and Mackay Becton. Now, with Thomas, he looks like he's primarily going to play left tackle, and Cardinals have obviously just signed up um, DJ Humphreys to a three-year deal to play at left tackle. So that doesn't seem like the sensible pick to make for me. So that leaves it between Wills and Beckton. And really here it's a decision as to whether you want to have a sort of more reliable pick here or someone who could be brilliant. Um, I think the aim of this draft, with everything else that's gone around it, is to to make the pick that's solid rather than trying to, to hit it out of the park. Um, and so for that reason, the number eight selection for the Arizona Cardinals is Jedrick Wells, offensive tackle from Alabama. At eight, the Arizona Cardinals also took an offensive tackle in Jedrick Wills. Now, this guy's my favorite offensive tackle. Um, I, this is this is just an instant upgrade. Uh, just makes them so much better on that line. Will make everything easier. He's a plug and play guy. Um, this is another team that in February's mock draft, uh, it was a wide receiver, which isn't great value um, at pick number eight. So this to me is a, a good call. This is a good use of a number eight pick. Yeah, and also at this point, don't forget the trade for DeAndre Hopkins hadn't happened yet. So it might have been a bigger need uh, in February than it is now. Sure. Um, I like Dedrick Reels a lot. Um, a lot of people are very critical that he can't play left tackle. I don't quite understand that because effectively he was, you know, he was playing right tackle at Alabama. He was protecting Tua because he's a left-handed quarterback. So I don't quite understand, you know, it's footwork and technique that might need a bit of work. But if Nick Saban says he can play left tackle, that's good enough for me. And the fact that he was essentially playing that role. I'm not worried that he can play left tackle in the NFL. So you've got that flexibility there, I think, as well. Yeah, agree 100%. With the ninth pick in the 2020 five-yard rush mock draft 2.0, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle, South Carolina. 
Hey there, Rush Nation. You join me in the Jacksonville Jaguars War Room to discuss our signing at number nine in the most recent uh, Rush Nation mock draft. With number nine, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars chose Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle from South Carolina. This time in the first draft, the pre-combine draft, we selected Isaiah Simmons, who uh, remarkably fell to us. A combination of his uh, very impressive combine performance and uh, other GMs higher up the food chain than us in the draft, picking slightly more um, sensibly this time out. Simmons didn't fall to us. Um, following the Jags uh, media chat, looking at who their drafting preferences are, it appears that Derek Brown is really high up on their list. He went earlier than nine as well, which left us with a choice of uh, three options, really. We could look at one of the premier wide receivers that was still left on the board. We could look at one of the offensive tackles that's still left on the board, or we could go for the second best defensive tackle in the draft behind uh, Brown. The choice for me came down to um, the Jaguars front office being higher on the offensive tackles that we currently have in the squad than I am. If it was my choice and my choice alone, I would have gone offensive tackle with this pick. Personally, I think our wide receiving core is decent without being exceptional, um, which means that putting the first round first pick of the first round there is not necessarily the way forwards, which left me going for Kinlaw, which is a choice I'm happy to make. Um, he's a guy I was really hoping to fall to me at 20, the first draft we did, and that was never likely to happen. So I've taken that uncertainty off the board and taken him at number nine this time out. He'll be a really strong piece in our defensive structure, helping us stop the run, which we struggled with last year, and really complementing Josh Allen with the loss of Calais Campbell and the probable loss of Yannick Ngokwe, it's an area we need to strengthen and he really will. So, uh, number nine, Javon Kinlaw, very happy we've been able to pick this guy up. Cheers, Ross Nation. At nine, the Jacksonville Jaguars took Javon Kinlaw and this was the first move that made Denver's night an absolute misery. <laughs> um, he, he said he'd like to be a 49er, um, but I really don't think that's going to happen unless they really trade up because I, I think he's a top 10 talent explosive has all the tools to be an elite guy on Sundays I think it's a really good pick yeah I, I took him in the February mark at 14 for the Buccaneers this was before we knew for sure that Sue was coming back in fact I wasn't confident he would due to maybe the cost of the cap and what they were going to do in free agency at quarterback but they did bring him back at a reduced rate which made sense probably not as much of a need but I think even so they the Buccaneers would consider at 14 with no tackle they would probably go Kinlaw here and just take a year um, rotate him in and then maybe let Sue go next year. I, I'm with you, top 10 pick. Love his attitude, was great at the senior bowl. I know he didn't play in the game, but he really dominated those uh, those early sessions. And he's going to be a star as long as he can keep healthy in the NFL for, for years. With the 10th pick in the five-yard rush mock draft 2.0, the Cleveland Browns select Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle, Georgia. Good morning, Cleveland. So we're here in the Browns draft room and we're looking at who are we picking at number 10? Luckily, it did get a bit scary, but we're okay. When, and I'm just checking my phone, seeing any trade deals coming in before we make the pick, but Arizona Cardinals, thank you, lads. You did us a favor. We were scared. We thought our guy would be gone, but they picked Jedrick Wills, saves us. Now we've got Conklin at right tackle. No interest in Wills. He's not the guy that's ever going to be drafted by a team to jump in straight at left tackle without a big risk. Unfortunately, the LA Chargers, they did well. They got Tristan Wirfs. He'd be the only other guy we'd be interested in. 
But luckily, we got what is considered the safest left tackle prospect in the entire draft, and that is Andrew Thomas. So we're over the moon. We're picking Andrew Thomas. For me, it, there's only three options here at number 10. You've got Worths. You've got Andrew Thomas. You've got trade back. Any of the other guys, we're not interested. Left tackle, right tackle, pretty much the same, but we've got Conklin locked down at right tackle. So you're not going to ask someone to switch because that's where you get into the danger. In terms of talent and need, they're basically the same position in the modern NFL. Von Miller runs at right tackles. You're not suddenly able to just switch a left tackle over to the right. They're locked in. Whoever's left is left, right is right. Famous saying goes, it's like changing the hand you wipe your ass with. But we're locked in. Left tackle's what we needed. We jumped on him. There's a few names for a trade back, um, whether it's Josh Jones, whether it's Ezra Cleveland. But Mackay Becton is not of interest here. There's too much risk. He definitely has the potential to be the best tackle in this draft. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a bad player. But he does have the lowest floor out of any of those top tackle prospects. So that's the reason we're going to stay off. Because tackle, the difference between an above average tackle, sort of a, a top five tackle and a top one tackle isn't that much whereas any risk you get of dropping from just above average to comfortably below average there is a massive gap in the league so we just want to be really good and that's why Andrew Thomas is the guy the Browns is taking if not we're looking for that trade down whether it's Denver picking up the phone whether it's Atlanta picking up the phone hopefully we have the dream spot of there's only two quarterbacks gone and someone is willing to pay us an absolute fortune to get their guy but either way, have fun drafting, guys. Stay safe. And remember, go Brownies. Then at 10, the Jackson, no, sorry, the Cleveland Browns went and got their guy on offensive tackle, Andrew Thomas. And this is the guy who I picked when I stepped in um, to do the Colts pick in February. Um, and I think the Browns had Wolves last time. I probably prefer Thomas, so a slight upgrade as far as I'm concerned. But there's not a whole lot between Wolves and Thomas. And it's a, and it's a good pick. It's It's doesn't get much less glamorous but it doesn't get much more useful i think this is a great pick for the browns because they're looking at left tackle here because conklin they've signed conklin as the right tackle in free agency they've given him a three-year deal they're looking at thomas to play left tackle of these four guys i think he's the one that you could probably say is the safest bet and definitely is the safest floor at left tackle given the amount of times he played there for georgia and against the teams that he was playing against in the sec so this for cleveland i I completely love and understand. Um, if he'd been there at 14, he's the guy I would have picked for, for the Buccaneers for sure. With the 11th pick in the 2020 five-yard rush mock draft 2.0, the New York Jets select Jerry Judy, wide receiver, Alabama. Hi, everyone. Adam Sandler here, the world's most famous New York Jets fan. Uh, I can't tell you where I am currently. I'm on a uh, secret mission in England, preparing for a film in 2021 where I play a bored northerner in isolation. With the 11th pick of the five-yard rush mock draft 2.0, the New York Jets select Jerry Judy, wide receiver, coming out of Alabama. The reason why we didn't pick Jedrick Wills in the second version of this mock is he was off the board. There was one offensive tackle left, which was Mackay Beckton. He'd be pretty good in the run game for our friend Le'Veon Bell, but he doesn't do much in terms of pass protection for quarterback Sam Darnold. Therefore, we're going to take the best wide receiver on the board, which is Jerry Judy. His route running is second to none. He's ready to start in the NFL from day one. The Jets desperately need a wide receiver. 
and they've got the best one available. 11, back to New York and the Jets, and they select Jerry Judy. Here come the receivers. Yeah. <laughs> Let the run happen. <laughs> um, uh, Jerry Judy, to me, is the, he's the most talented and exciting offensive player in the draft. Um, because there are so many great receivers in the draft, a lot of people, it's almost become a bit trendy to say that Jerry Judy isn't the best receiver. Um, I disagree, but there is there is a lot of talent there. Um, I think he's the next Odell Beckham Jr., but without the potential character issues. May, he may even be the next Randy Moss. Um, he's so athletic, so talented. I absolutely love this guy. I think he'll be a hit wherever he goes. I, I go with that. I I think for me, he's my 1B. I think I'd rather have the person who goes next off the board, only because I think, he, as much as I think he's an excellent route runner, I don't think he's quite as good as, as Lamb. But I do think he's an, an exciting player. And the Jets, to give this kind of weapon to um, to their quarterback and Sam Darnold and I think they're going to have a lot of fun, especially when Gaze eventually moves on and, and they finally know how to use Jerry Judy. With the 12th pick in the five-yard rush, 2020 mock draft 2.0, Las Vegas Raiders select C.D. Lamb, wide receiver, Oklahoma. And the Raiders never really recovered in 2019 after the Antonio Brown saga left them without a true wide receiver one. Hunter Renfrew stepped up admirably, but he... he He's more of a slot guy. He's not going to be that wide receiver one target in the NFL. And he's not going to be able to stretch the field in the same way that John Gruden likes his offense to do. Um, this wide receiver class in 2020 is a kind of pick your poison. You've got Jerry Judy. You've got C.D. Lamb. You've got Henry Ruggs with that breakneck speed that can stretch the field. Um, but for me, um, C.D. Lamb is the wide receiver one. You look back at his production in college, you look at... He leads um, all, the, all of those three in average yards per reception. Led the Big 12 in receiving touchdown. He's strong, he's tough, he can make contested catches. And he showed at the NFL Combine that he's got that speed that was a big knock on his game. He's got that speed to be able to make plays down the field. And um, his, his overall performance at the NFL Combine was, was really impressive. Really helped improve his draft stock. And, um, and for me... C.D. Lamb's the wide receiver one, and he's a fantastic addition to this Oakland, uh, Las Vegas Raiders offense. He gives Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota or whoever they draft in this NFL draft class a real genuine wide receiver one threat. At 12, the Las Vegas Raiders select C.D. Lamb. I do love C.D. Lamb. I do prefer Jerry Judy, but that's no knock on, on C.D. Lamb. If Jerry Judy wasn't around, I'd be raving about C.D. Lamb. Um he was absolutely exceptional last year, um, but he plays in the Big 12 and there's not a lot of defense being played there. Um, so sometimes you feel like you can't fully judge these guys, but I mean, you know, look at the likes of Patrick Mahomes. So I've got a lot of confidence. He seems like a great kind of classic Raiders pick. Um, I'd like it if he was a little bit faster, but his kind of skills with the ball are as good as any receiver that's come out in the last few years he's a clear number one receiver straight out the gate i think he's a, a classy route runner probably the the best route technician in this class and i think he just catches everything you're thinking about big wide receivers like mike evans and and deandre hopkins that just gobble everything that goes anywhere near them and i think that's where lamb is and you're right i think the pace is probably the only thing he's not going to necessarily take the top off but i think if you put anything up there 
um, he'll go and grab it. And for someone like Derek Carr, who who gets knocked quite a lot for not being the most exciting quarterback, the one thing he is is fairly accurate with the ball. I think this is a, a great matchup for for them. And even Mariota, if Mariota ends up taking the job off uh, off Derek Carr, I think for either of these quarterbacks, he's a great addition. Um, and it's what the Raiders need, someone who can actually run these routes, run them hard, run them perfectly, and, and make plays, which is what Lamb's going to do. Yeah, he's DeAndre Hopkins 2.0, as far as I'm concerned. With the 13th pick in the five-yard rush, 2020 mock draft 2.0, the San Francisco 49ers select Henry Ruggs, wide receiver, Alabama. Hey guys, Ben Rolf here from the San Francisco 49ers to do the 13th pick in the five-yard rush mock draft. So you may wonder why I'm dressed like a moody teenager. Well, essentially, we have been doing theme days at home for San Francisco to try and keep the mood and morale up. And today just happened to be, coincidentally, dressed like Kyle Shanahan Day. So here I am, dressed like Kyle Shanahan on the sidelines. So we're going to get to the pick now. And with the 13th overall pick, we are going to select Jay... Hang on a sec, guys. Sorry, my phone is just ringing. Hi, Carl. Yeah. What, what do you mean he's been taken? Who, who, who took him? The Jaguars. I thought they were the B team for the Los Angeles Rams. Okay. Okay. We're going to go to Plan B. Okay. Have you checked this with John? Okay. okay. Sorry. You don't. You don't care what John thinks. John had his choice with Javon. You want your choice now. Okay. Okay, Carl. I'll I'll call it in. Just on the call now. So sorry about that, guys. But with Javon Kinlaw off the board, we are going to go for Henry Ruggs out of Alabama. What is there not to love about Ruggs? He is a speedster and he can absolutely blow teams away with that speed. He will take the top off those defences and allow guys like Kittle and Samuel to work underneath and open up space for the running backs coming out of the backfield. He's a player we love. He's a little bit raw in certain places, such as with his route running, but that's something we really feel like we can refine and make him into a complete player that is going to be a devastating force at the next level. At 13, the San Francisco 49ers take Henry Ruggs, ending the trio of receivers <laughs> off the board. Uh, God, the 49ers need a wide receiver. Like If they had Henry Ruggs the third in the Super Bowl, you know they might have won the thing. Um, he is almost as good as the other two, just not quite. And that's, that sounds like it could be a criticism but it's because the bar is set so high um, by the others. He is just, he's, he's really versatile. Um, he's, a, he's a smaller guy, but he's strong. Um, he's a game changer. Um, he's, a, he's a good route runner, although he's clearly not up there with C.D. Lamb. He's fast, like really fast. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I love the guy. I think he's going to be a real, real weapon. I'm not probably as high on Henry Ruggs as probably most people, but I think at this landing spot, if I trust any quarterback to really get the best out of a receiver, I trust Kyle Shanahan and his schemes to really utilize his speed. You get too many times you get these guys who test quick, um, who run fast and look amazing, and that very rarely do they pan out. For every Tyreek Hill, there's a John Ross and a Marquise Goodwin, for example. So I think if you put him here at the 49ers this will give him every single chance in the nfl to exceed to succeed and be a properly properly good player i think if he ends up somewhere else for example uh let's say jacksonville or um maybe even the eagles i don't necessarily trust that usage as much as i would here at the 49ers so i think for rugs this would be the dream pick for him to fulfill his potential with the 14th pick 
of the 2020 five-yard rush mock draft 2.0. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Mackay Beckton, offensive tackle, Louisville. Hi there, it's Murph here calling from Buccaneers draft room. Everyone has just left the room after making our uh, first selection in this 2020 draft. We decided to go this time round with offensive tackle Mackay Beckton out of Louisville. Um, Beckton is uh, an absolute beast. He's six foot seven, 364 pounds. He can play right and left tackle. Uh, probably is the highest ceiling of anybody in this tackle class. Really good in the run game, um, creating space as well as also uh, protecting the quarterback. So he's someone that adds a lot of versatility. Again, can play at right tackle or left tackle. In our original selection uh, back in February, or my original selection, we went with um, Javon Kinlaw. Kinlaw for us was uh, and still is an excellent prospect. Uh, two reasons we didn't go for him this time round is one, he was already off the board, and two, we managed to sign, uh, re-sign and Duncan Sue for another 12 months, which is a huge gain for this defensive unit, keeping the majority of the front five together, especially was uh, really key in our development for, for next year. So, um, but we're really excited to get Beckton. This is a, an excellent prospect uh, who is going to slot in day one, give us some extra protection for our new franchise quarterback, Tom Brady, for the next couple of years. And will give us some opportunities to look at what we do going forward um, with that flexibility of left tackle and, and right tackle. So really pleased that he has fallen to us here and we're very happy to uh, welcome him to the Buccaneers facility uh, when the season finally kicks off. So uh, you'll hear more of my commentary on the other picks later on, but for this one, a uh, home run hit for us. We're very excited and very happy to uh, make this selection. At 14, via the Cannons, Murph, this one's you. It's Tampa Bay, and they selected Mecky Bechter. Yes. What a disastrous pick. What clueless person would make... No, someone to protect Brady, it sounds ideal. I'm going to let, I'm going to let you talk more about this but i think this this is that this is a no-brainer yeah pick. i mean there were some concerns after we made this pick that um the failed drug test that came out and that points to some character issues that you know if you're going to get stoned before the combine that makes you actually really question the guy's character before the biggest uh job interview of your life for example but um the one thing about beckton is he's he's massive he's got the the biggest potential of any tackle in this class I mean, he's 6 foot 7 he's going to take two guys to uh to tackle and he's going to immediately disrupt and just create a lot of time he's going to create massive holes in what is effectively a defunct run game and has been for the last 4 or 5 years in Tampa he's going to create big holes but also he can just do so much of him he can play on the left um you can you can really use him to protect brady um, and I think the fact that he is a bit raw, I think pairing him with Brady, someone who can get the ball out quick and can recognize any potential problems ahead of time, having that experience, he's not going to show up Kinlaw's deficiencies early while he's just adjusting to life in the NFL. So I think it's a good marriage because it could, de- you know, if he landed on a team with a rookie quarterback, it could dent his confidence if he lets too many sacks go by or too many, uh, too many plays happen behind him. So I think having Brady there is going to massively help him to fulfill his potential and and get to what could be the best tackle in this class if in the right scheme and if with the right coaching. And he sorts those uh, ridiculous uh, character issues out, if, you know, with the drug tests, et cetera. 
Yeah, some, sometimes, you know, young players will do something stupid and you're right. It is basically ahead of a big job interview. Um, you know, that is the time to just be sensible. But sometimes, sometimes the pressure can just get to people. Um, and it's, it, it, you know, it, it does potentially show, you know, character issues and kind of like a lack of judgment. But he's still growing up. Yeah. Even though he is massive, <laughs> I mean, he, he is absolutely <laughs> huge, and he will disrupt a lot of a lot of good defensive lines in that NFC South. With the fifteenth pick of the twenty twenty five yard rush mock draft two point the Denver Broncos select C.J. Henderson, cornerback, Florida. Yep, John. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, John. I know this one's for you, John. Look, I've got to go. I've got to go. I'm on air. Oh, what's happening? It's your boy Stocks picking for the Denver Broncos at fifteen. And uh, John's been in my ear and the players that are left are just just not what we needed. So we wanted to trade back. No one came up with any options. So we took the best cornerback available on the board and that's CJ Henderson. Obviously, Kinlaw would have been great. We wanted one of the three receivers, but San Francisco foiled Ruggs joining Cortland Sutton in the wide receiver room. So we've gone with CJ Henderson out of Florida. This one's for you, Murph. The Gators' best cornerback option. We see him as the second cornerback on the board behind Obviously, Jeff Okuda, but we were never going to get him at 15 without moving up. Didn't get a receiver, so we went for the second corner. CJ Henderson's fluid. He's got speed to get down the vertical routes. We see him as a big, strong boy who can immediately make an impact opposite AJ Bouye. He's got everything that the Florida Gators instilled into him, which we can slide right into our defensive backfield. Defensive coordinator, sorry, at Florida said he was the best cornerback he has ever, ever taught. So that bodes well. Pairing them two up. Let's get the no-fly zone back in mile high. That's right. I'm pitch side. You heard it here first. At 15, the Denver Broncos have taken C.J. Henderson. At 15, the Denver Broncos selected cornerback C.J. Henderson from the Florida Gators. Another one for you there, Murph. Yeah, so why don't you talk about why you picked him first and then we'll, we'll get into it. So I picked him at 15 because all the receivers had gone, Kinlaw had gone, and we have three glaring needs, obviously, Inside linebacker. We do need an offensive tackle as well, but I don't think that's quite as serious. Now we made some free agent moves. And I think with a receiver, I think we might trade up actually draft night and get one of the big three receivers. because I think that's where John Elway really wants to go. But we do need a corner to partner AJ Bouye. And I think we get the no fly back by, by getting uh, Henderson, sorry, Bouye. Got Simmons on the tag. Hopefully get a deal done with him as well. And then I think it really solidifies the secondary at Denver. And I think it's a really solid pick for a big need. Now in February, you picked LaVisca Shelt. I did. What made you go off him? Nothing made me go off him. I just recognized that there's a deeper talent pool at wide receiver because I've done more research between February and now. I'm, I mean, my love for LaVisca is still there and, if for some reason CJ Henderson's gone, I've got no qualms in them taking him at 15. And I think he's he's a bit too similar to Cortland Sutton, really. But I think my man crush on him is slightly shading my view of taking him. The Broncos won't take him, I don't think, because he's too similar. They need they need a field stretcher, really. Yeah, I like Shenault. Um, But to go back to Henderson, because that is your pick. Um, I like the pick. I like him too. Um, I like these scrappy cornerbacks. Um, one thing... I noticed a lot that he would, he likes to kind of get in people's face after a tackle, even like a tackle he hasn't made. He likes to kind of go and kind of like jaw mm. against someone like much bigger than him. 
which I like to see, but yet sometimes he would be making a tackle and would kind of like bounce off someone a little bit. So he's got things to work on, um, but he's very promising. I, I mean, as a, as a Gator fan who watches him uh, week in, week out, I, I absolutely love the player. Definitely was a standout on that team last year. And, you know, you're talking about every week he's going against a, a pretty talented wide receiver core and he was he was shutting everybody down he he really looked good in in the big games he loves the big occasion yeah okay he gets in people's faces and he's gonna have to learn to not do that he's gonna get some penalties he's gonna grow up quick um but i think he he's got the the football iq to do that and also the actual iq to do it um so I, I back him to be pretty successful. And as on Chenel, I also think he's someone that will probably slide into the second round now. And I think that the Broncos, with all their capital, if they really do love Chenel, and you're like, he, he's a little bit like Sutton. Um, but if they did really fall in love with Chenel, they can use a little bit of that capital to move up in round two and, and get him and not put that round one pick in. But I'm with you. I think they trade up and go wide receiver round one if they can. With the 16th pick of the 2020 five-yard rush mock draft 2.0, the Atlanta Falcons select Kavlon Chason, edge rusher, LSU. Guys, Thomas Dimitrov, Atlanta Falcons GM here, as you can see by the name on the screen. I'm stuck at home, just like you are during this coronavirus situation, but the draft must go on. So in the 2020 NFL draft, at number 16, the Atlanta Falcons select Kavlon Chason, edge, LSU. We need another edge rusher to pair with our very, very expensive new acquisition Dante Fowler and third-year player, Tat McKinley. He's the best player on our board left, and we are super excited to be bringing this young man into Flowery Branch. Well, when we can get him here, after all this coronavirus stuff is finished. But yeah, we'll forget about that. Yeah, we're taking Caleb on. He's very agile, very smart with a great football IQ. His first-step explosiveness is something that we value very, very highly. He's great against the QB, and he's good against the run. His lateral mobility stands out to us. Kalevon is still a developing pass rusher who will only improve as he gets into the NFL. And if he doesn't, then we're stuck with another Vic Beasley who will just release after two or three years. Right. Sorry to cut this short, but I'm off to go and comb my hair. I've got to keep looking smart. Thank you. At 16, the Atlanta Falcons select Kalevon Chason. I like him. Um, he needs quite a bit of weight. Um, he's just a little bit too slight um, for the position that he's playing. But if he bulks up, and let's assume that he can bulk up, I think he can be a terrifying um, edge rusher. I think he's got a, he's got a high ceiling, um, and he's he's got he's got work to do. He's got work to do. Um, and like I say, that body isn't quite right. But he's got most of the other skills. Um, he did a lot of damage for LSU last season. Um, was really kind of messing up a lot of Saturdays for SEC quarterbacks. So I I think he's gonna he doesn't have to go far from home. I think he I think he's a good fit for Atlanta. They've got a lot of issues as far as I'm concerned on defense. Yeah, I'm with you. The body size is a, is a bit of concern. I do think he's a great uh, a great talent. Um, I do like who they picked in February a little bit more. I do like AJ Pinesso. For me. I think he's probably the second best edge. I know that's not where mock drafters or scouts have him, but for me and what I've seen, I, I prefer him. He's ready to go. He probably doesn't have the ceiling that maybe someone like Chason has, but I know that if you picked AJ Panessa for the Falcons, I know day one, you could put him in that line and he'd be fine. And and that's 
almost effectively when you're picking in the middle of the first round is what you want. Someone who can plug, play, go, done. And but I do like Chase on. Think he's he's definitely going to have if he can get the body right, the frame right. He's going to be a good player. Um, I'm I'm with you. We might be the we might be the only two people who. <laughs> Would definitely put Epinesa ahead of Chase on, but I'm I'm with you. Yeah. The 17th pick of the 2020 five-yard rush mock draft 2.0, the Dallas Cowboys select Xavier McKinney, safety, Alabama. Hello, everyone. Tim here, picking up for the Dallas Cowboys at 17. And I picked him once. I'm going to pick him again. It's the Xavier McKinney, safety, out of Alabama. Look, Dallas need a lot of uh, a lot of playmakers, a lot of different different people that can do a lot of different things on on defense. So, yeah, Xavier McKinney is a, is a is a game changer. He's a guy that can go make a play. He's a guy that's going to make something out of nothing. It's not something that that Dallas defenders are, over the years have been have been too well known for. So, um, you know, Xavier McKinney is a guy that plays with a lot of attitude, plays a lot of heart. And the the thing is, with Mike Nolan, our new defensive coordinator, coming in for um, Mike McCarthy. Gonna, he's, gonna, he's gonna mix it up a little bit. He's gonna show a lot of different packages. He's gonna try and confuse the defense a little more. Be, and, and put it this way, he's gonna be a lot more, uh, a lot more deceptive, a lot more creative than the, than previous uh, regimes. So Xavier McKinney can can do a lot of things. He can come down and blitz and be in the box. Whilst uh, yeah, and he's also a great open field tackler as well. But he's also got a high foot like you. He's also got um, yeah, a, a knack for making plays on the back end as well. So um, yeah, for, for someone. Uh, to, to plug someone in like him who can be all over the defence uh, it's going to be really um, really important for someone for Mike Nolan even even from snap one uh, come the 2020 season so um, yeah we, we signed Ha Ha Clinton Dix uh, for one year $4 million deal uh, so I did I did ponder whether or not to go corner um, yeah, if, if CJ Henderson was still on the board there uh, or if, you, you know, if trades were allowed probably would have got up to 15 to go and get CJ Henderson but um, is what it is uh, we, we, we stick with Xavier McKinney at 17 um, yeah, so very happy that he will become a cowboy. At 17, the Dallas Cowboys select safety, Xavier McKinney. I think this is the first time since pick two we've had a team stick with their February pick. Um, McKinney, I think, is is good. Um, he's probably only my second favourite safety in the draft. Um, and I'm not sure why you would want to pick McKinney ahead of Grant Delpit personally. Um, I'm a big Grant Delpit fanboy. Um, it seems that other people in this mock draft are not. Uh, and, uh, and I put myself in there. I'm not also. Um, uh, I'm worried about Delpit's tackling issues. I think McKinney is the safer play. Um, I think Delpit probably has the higher upside if he can work on and get those tackling issues sorted. He's had two years to do it and hasn't, which is, I guess, my one question mark about him because that was his big criticism coming off 2018 was could he do it? But But back to McKinney. Uh, safe as houses pick um it, it's the only reason i don't see it happening for dallas is i just don't think that's a that's a jerry jones pick it's it's a bit too risk adverse for me i see them doing something a bit splashier we know what jerry jones is like um i see them doing something a little bit more with this draft pick because don't forget they didn't have a, a first last year because they traded it for cooper so i think they might do something else this time around yeah, McKinney's not flashy. He's just, he's a really good safety who does all the basics right and is a really consistent tackler. And that just feels like, you imagine for Jay Jones, eh, yeah, but so what? Yeah. Um, but, you know, all, all the upsides would kind of be things that might put him off. 100%. With the 18th pick of the 2020 five-yard rush mock draft 2.0, the Miami Dolphins select Josh Jones, offensive tackle, Houston. 
I originally took Caleb and Chase on in this position in the 1.0 mock draft. Um, he was off the board at this stage, so I think it's important to start building an O-line for my new quarterback. Um, he's great in pass protection, still has a little bit to work on in the run. I think he's got some time before Tua is potentially healthy to play. Um, this gives him time to develop somewhat. Our coaching staff did a great job last year of developing undrafted free agents to make them good level starters in the NFL. Um, so I've got complete faith that they can get the job done. I think Josh Jones has got a lot of upside and was pretty happy to have him at 18. I think perhaps come draft night, possibly even available at 26. And at 18, back to Miami and the Dolphins select Josh Jones. Uh, I'm not thrilled with this one. Personally, <laughs> I think Josh Jones is a bit raw um, and will really need to be coached up. He's got a high ceiling, but the, the floor is low. We, You might not improve him that much, um, unlike um, unlike the lineman already off the board. I think there's, there's quite a fall off um, when you get to Josh Jones. Uh, I'm not... I, I think he was inconsistent at times last season, but you know, so were so were Houston in general. I, in my in my imaginary tenure plan that I've just thought up for Miami, Josh Jones is not an integral part of that. I'm I'm with you. I, I think if you're going to go tackle here, and I I totally understand the logic. I almost would have liked Ezra Cleveland or even Austin Jackson. I think for me, they're slightly better prospects. I think it is a bit of a reach, but given the capital that. Miami have as long as you're picking the right players I don't necessarily worry about reach I do think Josh Jones is a, is a bit of a reach though I don't think he is necessarily the tackle I would want out of the ones remaining for Miami I'd want someone who's a bit more flexible a bit more durable and and you know Jones isn't that for me with the 19th pick of the 2020 five-yard rush mock draft 2.0 the Las Vegas Raiders select AJ Terrell cornerback Clemson. Um, you only need to watch some of the Raiders games last year to see what a glaring need they have at the cornerback position. Um, going into the draft process, the, the linebacker position was probably one of a greater need, but they've addressed that through three agency and cornerback now. Behind right, wide receiver remains the, the true need. Um, thankfully for the Raiders, there's a number of good cornerbacks in this class. Um, obviously, Jeffrey Akuda and, and CJ Henderson are at the top of there. And there's a number of good fits for them behind those guys. Um, what they get with AJ Terrell is, as they did with last year's draft picks, they get that winning mentality, that high character, high caliber guy from a, a winning college program in Clemson. Um, Terrell taking a lot of flack for his um, performance in the in the national championship defeat to LSU, but what people tend to forget is is how well he started that game against, you know, two of the guys in Justin Jefferson and Shamar Chase, who are going to be two wide receivers at the top of two consecutive NFL draft classes. Um, I like what Terrell brings to the game. He's just, uh, got good length, and he's um, as we said before, he's got that winning mentality and that high character that John Gruden and Mike Mayock want to build this uh, Las, Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders franchise with. And uh, it will certainly help alongside former teammate Trayvon Mullen and the likes of Jonathan Abrahams at safety back there. Um, it's going to help solidify that Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders secondary. At 19, the Las Vegas Raiders select cornerback AJ Terrell. Uh, don't like this one either. Got to say, 
Um, I think Christian Fulton of LSU, who's still available, is a, is a better cornerback. Um, in fact, Jeff Gladney and Trayvon Diggs may be better as well. Um, when I think of Terrell, I think of the fact that he seems to just love grabbing wide receivers um, and causing pass interference penalties. Um, uh, yeah, don't like it. Don't like it. I don't. I don't. He's a very good tackler, and he just gets too handsy. I think if they'd gone with who they went in February and went with Kenneth Murray, I would have got that a lot more. Um, yeah, I'm with you. There, there are far better cornerbacks uh, in this class than than Terrell. Um, I think he gets a bit more praise because of the fact he plays at Clemson, but Clemson's schedule most years is is ridiculous, and he doesn't come across that many good players. And when he does, he gets found out. So I think Terrell's a raw prospect. I I wouldn't want to see him. I wouldn't want to see him north of 50, really, um, in this draft. I think there's so many better players you could take. And, yeah, I, I would have stuck with – if you're really struggling, I would have stuck with Kenneth Murray. I think that would have been a better pick and a more exciting pick for Raiders fans. With the 20th pick of the 2020 five-yard rush mock draft 2.0, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, LSU. Welcome back to the Jaguars boardroom, Rush Nation. You join us with the exciting news of our pick at 20 in the first round. Um, at 20, the Jacksonville Jaguars selected Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from LSU. Justin's a great prospect, I think. He's a very reliable pair of hands, um, filling a need within our wide receiving core. We had an excellent production last year from DJ Chark, um, but fairly spotty production from um, Dee Westbrook. Chris Conley. There was a lot of drops in there in uh, critical situations, and while some long bomb work was um, done successfully by those pair, what we really need is a more reliable pair of hands for um, third and short for red zone situations, and I think that's what Justin Jefferson will provide for us. He's an interesting character in that he doesn't really excel in any specific area he doesn't have massive strengths or massive weaknesses he's just an all-round reliable wide receiver and i think that's what our core needs someone sitting there at wr2 and uh, reliably picking up those um slant route sort of catches the um stuff on third down that really keeps the chains moving the stuff in the red zone that gives you that bit more production that we had last year it was a real area of concern last year the red zone production so i think he'll be a valuable addition to the team and uh, i look forward to welcoming on the board so long Rush nation at 20 the jacksonville jaguars selected justin jefferson wide receiver another of the fantastic 22 wide receiver crop that i think is the you know the best set of wide receivers to come into the league in a, in a generation um he was he was so important in the in the postseason um, for LSU. He's a really kind of smooth runner. Um, his roots are great. Um, I I really I really like him. Um, he's got fantastic ball skills. Um, he's competitive. Kind of you know down the field, he will make those contested catches. He seems to he seems to see things that the defenders don't necessarily see, um, and I think he will. He will be a very good wide receiver for quite a while. I agree, but I don't like this pick. I think when you're Jacksonville and you have so many needs, you can go. There's quite a few defensive line players you can pick here. Um, For me, I think the glaring thing is that Herbert is still on the board. And I think if you're sitting here at 20, I think if you're Jacksonville, you really have to consider that. You know, you're, especially because it's not their first pick. Exactly that. I understand passing at nine. I do get that. Looking at the teams behind between your next pick, 
you're worried about the trade-up, fine. But at 20, if Herbert is on the board, I think you've got to put the I think you've got to put the card in there for him because you know you have first of all you only have two quarterbacks on the roster, so you need a third anyway. And are you really sold that Gardner Minshew is the guy? I know he was a big sensation, but hey, we saw at Wembley that he's got a long way to go. And he was he was a big sensation for about a month. I I don't think if Gardner Minshew is the answer, it's a pretty weird question. Um, I, he's he's a decent, okay quarterback. If you're not going to build your franchise around him, and and that's what I mean. And I think if you've got a GM and a and a head coach that are on. Uh, basically, they're, they're one year away from losing their jobs. And I think for me, if you were to ask the question now, are you going to win more games with Herbert if you get the right tools in or with Minshew? I'd probably lean Herbert. With the 21st pick of the 2020 Five Yard Rush Mock Draft 2.0, the Philadelphia Eagles select Trayvon Dix, cornerback, Alabama. Evening all from the Philadelphia War Room. Hope you're all staying safe. As you can see, we're all in self-isolation here. There is only me here. Social distancing at its finest. But the selection is in. We've been working hard. And with the 21st pick of the 2020 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Trayvon Diggs, cornerback from Alabama. We're obviously aware that Receiver still an issue for this team. It would have been an ideal scenario for Henry Ruggs or Justin Jefferson to fall to us. Sadly, he was just snagged in the pick before by the Jags. In the previous mock that we did, we selected T Higgins and as expected and predicted at that time, some of the receivers that were taken above this position seem to have slipped down the big board a little bit post-combine. We're not willing to draft a T Higgins at, at this stage in in the draft. I think it's a little bit a little bit risky now, given the talent that's on the board. What we will do is probably address that position in the second or third round. Maybe someone like a Denzel Mims or a Jalen Rager may fall to us at that stage in the draft. But we're going for Trayvon Diggs. We really like his size and length at six foot two, so he's got that big frame. Um, receivers in the NFL are really going to struggle with him at the line of scrimmage. He's a really physical corner. He's drawn comparisons from Aqib Tlaib, that really, really tough, physical, in-your-face kind of cornerback when it comes to coverage. We didn't get to see him work out at the Combine in any drills. Um, sadly, the Alabama Pro Day was cancelled as well with what's going on with COVID-19. Um, but it is his size and length that's helped him haul in three interceptions in his most recent season, 2019, for Alabama. Uh, one that he actually returned 79 yards for a touchdown as well. One of the biggest question marks for Trayvon Diggs is that he's not the quickest corner in his class. Um, but what he does have is the benefit of being a converted offensive player. And that shows in his ability to make those minor adjustments when needed and to, to read routes when he's covering those receivers. Again, there's that question mark of whether he can cover downfield, but we feel he can. That physicality is really going to help him at the line. Um, And then the adjustments that he can make from his previous experience as an offensive player, we feel he's uh, a really good pickup at this stage and a a really good one-two punch combination with Darius Slay. We've just acquired him free agency as well. We're hoping that that's our guys covering on the outside. We lost Malcolm Jenkins, sadly, at the back, but this is definitely going to strengthen the secondary. So 
really looking forward to seeing what Trayvon Diggs is, is going to do for us this season. At 21, the Philadelphia Eagles select cornerback Trayvon Diggs. I like it. Um, it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting group of group of cornerbacks um, this year. But he's uh, again he's he lets himself down with his tackling. Uh, it's not the first time we've um, we've said that of a player uh, in the secondary. Um, he's he's a big guy, but his movements are nice. Um, he's you know he's he's good in zone, but the the, the tackling the tackling is an issue. I feel he can improve. Um, I've got a bit of a soft spot for him, but the, the tackling, the tackling is obviously the, the, the glaring weakness. I think uh, sometimes we kind of build up these Alabama guys, um, but they do play a tough schedule. They, they do come up against a lot of quality opponents, but the tackling has got to improve because um, that, that will, that will cost. I, him, I agree. I love know, the his, position. His I'd have gone Gladney here. I think Gladney is just that, if you're talking about this as a playoff team from, from 12 months ago and you could talk about how bad the NFC East was and, and all of that and sneaking in at nine and seven, ultimately you're a playoff team which says you've got a lot of things on your roster and they had a lot of injuries and still got there. I think you've got to take players who aren't developmental players when you're picking this late in round one. And I think that Diggs could be brilliant, but I for me, Gladney's ready to go. I'd have no concerns putting him in my lineup week one in a position that is just an absolute mess for Philadelphia. With the 22nd pick of the 2025 Yard Rush Mock Draft 2.0, the Minnesota Vikings select Christian Fulton, cornerback, LSU. Welcome to the Vikings pick at 22. I'm Dan Harris-Gorolov of the Touchdown. Um, I'm amazed that Herbert's still on the board. If this was any kind of situation where we could do trades in this, it would make a lot of sense. People trying to jump up in front of the Patriots and the Saints um, for what could be their quarterback of the future or the now for the Patriots, I guess. Um, the Vikings can't really go there because they just gave a two-year extension with pretty much all of it guaranteed to Kirk Cousins, uh, and he's not a bad quarterback anyway, so may as well carry on. Um, there's a dearth of cornerbacks there. And last time we did this, I said Trey Waynes wasn't a pro bowler, um, and now he's not even a Viking. So he's gone, and they've, they've got an even bigger gap there. There's been a run on them over the last couple of picks anyway. Christian Fulton's still on the board. I picked him at 25 last time. This time I'm going to be taking him at 22 just to make sure we get him. I actually would have had him as the, the third cornerback anyway. Um, if you want to check out a great interview with him, there's... Uh, that's over on the touchdown. Uh, Ollie did a great job of speaking with Christian. And yeah, he's a, he's a first round grade for me. So I think he's going to do well for the Vikings, uh, unfortunately for me. And uh, yeah, I think, I think he has the potential to develop into a, a number one corner. I think he's maybe slightly raw at, this, at the moment, but most prospects are. And uh, yeah, I think he's got all the, all the traits and, and all the physical ability to develop into a lockdown corner. So I think he's going to serve the Vikings well for, a good while to come. At 22, the Minnesota Vikings select cornerback Christian Fulton. Um, I prefer Christian Fulton. I mean, I think I prefer Christian Fulton to Kenneth Murray, um, but there's not a whole lot in it. Um, I certainly, I, I, th- I think it's a good. I think it's a good pick. I like a lot of those um, LSU defensive guys. Um, he's so good. He's so good in man. He's very patient. He kind of he, he waits to make those moves with the wide receiver. He doesn't find himself kind of caught out of position. Um, 
he's very confident in his own ability without being um without being too kind of mouthy and cocky and he was usually dealing with the number one receiver um from the for the sec's best teams so he's seen pretty much all of it yeah i, I agree i i think minnesota with this pick and their next pick uh had an excellent first round and uh i i love this pick i think it's it's a perfect fit for a team that that really need a game changer in their secondary. So, uh, big thumbs up for me. I love this pick. Yeah, I I think if if any team won this first round, it's the Vikings. Yeah, I, I agree with that. With the twenty third pick in the twenty twenty five yard rush mock draft two point the New England Patriots select Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State. Hey guys, how's it going? Hope you're all well and staying home and being safe as you can. Watching this on YouTube or whatever. Sorry about the lockdown here. It's getting a bit longer. I thought about putting it, but nah, so I don't believe it for now. It is crazy times we're living in right now, and uh, I'm sure it'll continue for a while yet, unfortunately. Um, so, having gotten all the pleasantries out of the way, uh, let's get down to business. When uh, we originally done this draft a couple of months back after the Super Bowl, I drafted Curtis Weaver of Boise State. An edge rusher who probably won't go in the first round, but is a good pedigree and of sound health. So that's why I went for him because the way we done it last time, linebackers and edge rushers all seem to go um, pretty quick in this one, even though uh, Patriots at number 23, as you know. Um, I still believe we need an edge rusher and also linebackers since uh, Van Noy and Collins has left, unfortunately. To, respective teams. However, since that time of recording the last draft with Martin Stocks, the axe unfortunately fell on the career of one Tom Brady in New England. He has since moved on to ride alongside Captain Hook as a buccaneer and maybe the best man um, suited to ascertain Peter Pan's status in the NFL by playing forever. But in turn, that leads me on to my selection. So, with the 23rd pick of the 2020 NFL draft, New England Patriots select Jordan Love, quarterback of Utah State. Now, I've just read that out, and there'll be a lot of WTF jaw-dropping um, people right now um, either watching this or listening to this. Huh? Why is he selected him? Well, <laughs> Herbert's still on the board um, at this stage, and I think a lot of people probably will go for Herbert over Love. Um, but I just feel that what, excuse me, what Jordan Love can bring to the table um, instead of Herbert is what the Patriots are looking for um, in terms of the quarterback position. I don't think, for whatever reason, I know it was little snippets in actual season and then some in preseason last year, um, of what we've seen of Jarrett Stidham and anyone who has listened to my podcast, um, Patriots Nation UK. Um, the first ever episode I've done was on Janet Stidham. And I still believe in him, but I'm not sure uh, Bill Belichick in the back office of New England Patriots do. So I feel they will draft the quarterback and that person will be Jordan Love. Um, that's about as much of the reasoning and explanation as I'm going to go into. Because um, I'm also intrigued to find out other people's views um, from you, the listener or watcher. Um, on who New England should select at 23. Maybe you'd take Herbert instead of Love, um, if both are still available at the time, that is, obviously. And I'm sure we'll hear from Stocks and Love on what their thoughts are too. So if you want to discuss this selection with me, 
or anything else, Patriots or NFL related, the best place to find me is on Twitter at Matt Inkster, at M-A-T-T-I-N-K-S-T-E-R, or at Pats Nation UK Pod. That's the two places there. are. Um, I've not done one, um, one as in uh, podcast in two, three months now since the Super Bowl itself. Um, various family things and such like. And um, honestly, this coronavirus was a bit all too consuming at the beginning of it. Um, I've since learned to stay off of social media a lot more, not leave the news as much, and just stay home, stay safe, take this what it is, take family time as much as I can get it done now, and you know, take it from there. Listen to what the guidance is, and Actually, I'm just going to move my face with it, uh-huh. um, so to speak. So anyway, I've rambled on enough, <laughs> guys. Sorry, stop for that. Um, cheers, guys, and uh, I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Go Pats! At 23, the New England Patriots select corner quarterback Jordan Love. Now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. Someone's swinging for the fences. Risky, risky, risky pick. Um, Jordan Love, I don't know whether I love him or I hate him. Um, he makes throws that not many players seem to be able to do on a consistent basis, but he also makes some absolutely appalling throws, um, like kind of real sort of bad Jay Cutler, you know, what, like one of those, like, why did you do that? Or those, some of those interceptions that Brett Favre would throw where it's, you know, Brett Favre could, he gets excused but, you know, Jay Cutler or someone, because for obvious reasons, doesn't get excused. And that, that's Jordan Love. It's a real kind of feast or famine. Now, if he does end up as a Patriot, then it's very interesting because obviously Bill Belichick won't, won't put up with that sort of nonsense. And I think it probably coach it out of him. He's got all the tools to be an NFL starter, but he's also got all the, all the traits that have him as, you know, first round bust. So toss a coin on Jordan Love um, because no one can really be sure uh, which quarterback you're going to get. I think he drives Bill Belichick into retirement. I really do. I think <laughs> I, if I'm looking at all the quarterbacks available here, you've got Justin Herbert. Um, I like Jacob Eason over Jordan Love. I like Jake Fromm over, over Jordan Love. Um, I'm just looking at all these guys and thinking, I don't, I, I don't understand Jordan Love's first round grade. He can make some throws that other guys can't. If if that's the criteria that we've got in this standard of of the of playing the NFL, um, I'm a bit concerned. Um, I just I I just think that this would never happen. I, I, I'd give it a one percent chance that Bill Belichick would go in on on Jordan Love. And do you know what? If they do, and I, I look like an idiot in a couple of days' time, I'll, I'll take it. But I I think for me, if you if you're going to go for that kind of risk. Just go and get the passing leader from last season because he's sitting there on free agency and you could probably get him on a cheap deal. The 24th pick in the 2025-yard rush mock draft 2.0, New Orleans Saints select Kenneth Murray, linebacker, Oklahoma. Hey, Stocks. Hey, Murphs. Rush Nation. This is Simon Carroll from the Collapsing Pocket podcast and the Touchdown website here, all the way from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, You might have heard we're hosting our uh, draft party in a brewery this year, so beers up, everybody. And with Sean Payton at home, uh, chilling out with a corona or with the corona, not sure which one. And uh, Dennis Allen looking too young, couldn't get in. 
Then Mickey Loomis, well, couldn't organize a piss, but a brief try, could he? So it's down to me to make the pick, the 24th pick of the 2020 NFL draft. And we're going to go with Kenneth Murray, linebacker out of Oklahoma. I think, I believe last time we did a mock like this, we went from Mekai Beckton, who fell all the way down the board, which is quite nice. Obviously, wasn't so luxurious this time in that regard. Didn't find a tackle to fall all the way down to us. And we don't really need any particular position, but linebacker may be probably the most position of need. We've got AJ Klein left. He's gone off to Buffalo. Obviously, Kiko Alonso's had a bit of a brutal career, so he's probably winding down a little bit in the centre. And Murray's that kind of guy. He's got the range. He's got the instincts. He's got the ability to tackle everybody that comes into his postcode. So we're very happy with the pick of Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. Slot into that Mike linebacker spot and leave the Saints on to another two-year window for the Super Bowl. Cheers, guys. All the best. Uh, great to be out. Have me back on the show again and uh, enjoy the rest of the mock draft. At 24, the New Orleans Saints select Kenneth Murray. Well, you know, he he's your guy. He's your guy. Um, he's... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I, he's someone who, this evening, I came into this recording liking. And you know how when someone... Um, really, really like someone. You start to think like, oh, does he like him too much? <laughs> he's he's really explosive. Um, he's got he's got a really good body. He's quick, despite despite looking a bit kind of bulky at times. He's 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 tough. He seems to think he seems to be able to see things quicker than um, than the players around him. I do I do like him, um, but sometimes he'll make some strange decisions and find himself out of position. Um, I, d- I don't know. I don't quite know if he's a first rounder to me. I, I, I think he is. And I think on top of that, I think you're looking at New Orleans. They don't have many picks, but at the same point, they don't have many needs. The biggest one is linebacker. I think for me, this is an instant pick. I think from the moment, um, from the moment Fulton comes off the board, they've pretty much written this card out. I think it's there. I, I, I don't even think they, they even think about it. If this board went the way it did, they're turning it in immediately. Um, I don't think they're interested in anyone else uh, other than linebacker round one. Um, unless maybe Patrick Queen. That might be the only one that they might they might think about. Um, and I can I could totally take the argument there. But I think they're going to be taking linebacker round one. I can't see them going any other position. And they've got the, the right amount of – they're in the right place to pick one. Yeah, I I think they are going to go are going to go linebacker, and he is the he is the sensible choice at the position. It just feels that it's not it's not the best player available. It's not the best value at that point, but it is a matter of filling a need. Yeah, the twenty fifth pick in the twenty twenty five yard rush mock draft two point the Minnesota Vikings select AJ Epinesa, edge rusher, Iowa. Welcome to the 25th pick of the NFL draft, and uh, the Vikings are back on the clock. I probably should have covered it since the last video, but it's kind of weird, I guess, for them having 22 and 25 if they don't trade up or trade back. Um, you essentially have to have two players right next to each other uh, to get value here, and uh, as luck would have it, I did, and I, I really considered this player that I'm going to take. Now, at 22, uh, I was playing a bit of game of uh, cat and mouse, because I actually thought the Patriots and the, the Saints could both well take him. Um, but with Herbert still on the board, I thought it was a good chance one of them would take him. Neither of them did, so clearly I shouldn't be gambling on this draft. Um, but with Everson Griffin gone, um, I know they have a couple of players waiting in the wings, but I think getting a versatile defensive end 
um, who can play a bit of uh, defensive tackle as well in, in the multiple front, which I think they're going to this season. I think AJ Epinesa is, is a great, great fit for the Vikings. Um, people will talk about the fact that they need to go get a wide receiver in this class with Diggs, but with the top four gone and Mims is my next wide receiver. Um, I don't think there's enough of a, a gap between Mims and the receivers that I think will go in the second round that the Vikings can maybe trade up a little bit for in the second round uh, to get their pick of those. Um, I think it's much better to take the advantage of the depth of the wide receivers in the second round, especially when you've already got Adam Thielen. And so, yeah, I think AJ Epinesa, you look at the way that the Packers struggled with that kind of constant defensive pressure from the 49ers in the conference championship game. I think that's a, a direction that would make sense for the Vikings to go. And I think AJ Epinesa and his versatility, versatility sorry, is, uh, is a really good fit in that defense. I think Mike Zimmer will get a lot out of him. Um, he slips a lot in this draft from his athletic profile, but the way his, he plays the game, it's more about his technique and leverage on the line anyway. And I think that that, that technique and that leverage and the fact that you won't have to teach that to him is, is a really big advantage, especially with the reduced practice times that are coming in in the new CBA. So, yeah, Vikings fans, as a Packers fan, I'm not happy about the two players I gave you. I think the defense got even meaner. Um, but I think I think if they went this way, you shouldn't be disappointed. Thanks, Murph. Thanks, Stocks. And uh, enjoy the rest of the draft, guys. At 25, the Vikings are back and they select AJ Epinesa. Oh, boy. Um, un- underrated, underrated edge rusher out of Iowa. I was excited for him at the start of the season. I was talking about him as being, you know, kind of a, a potential top 10 pick back in August. Um, really kind of smooth guy. Um, got a lot of power. He's he's a brainy player. Um, he's just, he's really dynamic. Makes a lot of sacks. Forces a lot of fumbles. He manages to kind of do a little bit in the passing game as well, where he just manages to deflect a lot of passes. He's a big guy. I can imagine him falling to the Patriots and him just being turned into this amazing guy. Um, he will be a really important part of someone's front seven next season. And if he is picked as late as this, and I, I don't think this this mock is way off what's going to happen. I think the buzz around Epinesa has really started to fade away as some other players have become more trendy. He is just an absolute no-brainer pick and is a up, huge upgrade for whoever gets him. So I don't want to see him in the NFC North. The Vikings, both picks in this mock, uh, they, they scare me. I, I wouldn't want the Bears to be facing facing those guys. I mean, ama- amazing pick here. I, I with you, love AJ Vanessa. I think he's a, he's a great edge rusher. I think he's going to add a lot. And again, I just think it's a home run pick. At this stage of the draft, you know, they could have taken him at 22 and I would have gone, that's a great pick. To take him here is even better. Uh, amazing pick. I think, yeah, winners of the draft for me. And that's it, Rush Nation. Unfortunately, I have to slide down the corridor because I've got a video cast for CBS Sports talking about fantasy football if I was dreaming. But I do have to slide out. I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of Murph and Ben. Boys, this has been a lot of fun. We'll catch you down the road. Definitely. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. See you soon. Bye, guys. Bye, Rush Nation. With the 26th pick of the 2020 Five Yard Rush Mock Draft 2.0, the Miami Dolphins select Antoine Winfield Jr., safety, Minnesota. Dolphins spent a lot of money in free agency on Byron Jones. They've got a lot of money invested in cornerback Xavier Howard. I think it's great to get a rookie on a five-year deal potentially to to help build out that. Um, The defensive backfield kind of 
offset some of the muddy slightly, get the books books right. Um, Coach Brian Flores has spoken really highly of Winfield Jr. in the lead up to the draft. Um, was a big fan of his father when he played. He's also a great tackler, very high IQ Q guy. Um, the sort of player that Brian Flores is going to really thrive with. Um, be able to move him around a little bit, do a few different things. A willing tackler. That's really the difference here between me selecting him and maybe um, passing on Grant Delpit, who was still on the board at this stage. Um, yeah, pretty happy with the selection. Again, possibly could get him in the in the top of the second round come Thursday night's draft. But I think getting that fifth-year option on his rookie deal makes a huge difference when you have so much money invested in the defensive backfield as the Miami Dolphins do right now. We're up to the Dolphins and Anton Winfield Jr. Um, well, ahead of Delpit, no thanks. Um, I would actually like to see Miami go offense here um, if if it was me. But he is a good safety. Um, he hasn't got the burst that some players have had. Um, his tackling is good, um, which because of the guys we've been talking about, it seems like you, you know you should say that. Um, again, he's also one of these players who is just very competitive and will kind of like will will bully bigger players than him. So I do like him. I just personally. I would want I would want offense here for the Dolphins, and I I totally understand that, and I don't think you're you're wrong there, but I do think safety is a massive hole. I've just had to look at their roster and their depth chart because I actually don't know who uh, the safeties were, and the safeties are Eric Rowe, Stephen Parker, and Adrian Colbert, and that's it. Uh, yeah, yikes! <laughs> so with uh, that situation, I completely yeah. understand taking with your junior. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a good, it's, um, it's better than their second pick, I would say. Um, and I do, I do like it. I do like it. I think he's got a lot of upside. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, that's the thing. I think he has got upside, but I think they they just need, they, they need to take two safeties in this draft. And I think Anton Winfield Jr. will be a good player to, to add to that roster, uh, for sure. With the 27th pick in the 2025 Yard Rush Mock Draft 2.0, the Seattle Seahawks. Select Yeta Grossmatos, edge rusher, Penn State. Hey everyone, this is Duncan from 99 Yards, and I have just, uh, in the Seahawks war room, just picked Yeta Grossmatos for the Seahawks. Uh, I had picked Josh Jones in the first round. Uh, he wasn't available to this time, but this time uh, the defensive end was, and uh, that would be such a highly valued prospect for these Seahawks. They got Collier last year, uh, and... Uh, He's possibly going to be a massive bust. Um, Gross Matos, he can play. He, he will play end. Whereas we've picked, you know, with or without Clowney, that is a need. We picked up Bruce Irvin, who played linebacker for us before. I see no reason why he won't. Again, we've got Benson Myoa, but you know, there's a real hole there. Uh, lost Quinton Jefferson as well, so uh, he feels a huge need. There's uh, he's you know one of the high quality defensive ends in the draft, so I see no reason not to pick him over tackle. Um, another huge need, of course, but they picked up Brandon Shell. He may well play there, uh, and there might be one or two players they can pick up in the next round uh, in the right tackles. So uh, yeah, Gross Matos for the Seahawks. Right, moving on to uh, Seattle Seahawks. We don't expect them to make this pick, do we, on Thursday night? But if, <laughs> seeing as there were no trades, they've gone with Yetta Gross Matos. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect this. Um, I mean, he's someone who. He's he's very good with his hands. 
um, kind of like sort of the whole hand battle that goes on in the trenches because he's and he's also got that really nice wingspan. Um, I don't see him as a first round pick personally. I think he's someone who is going to get um, who's going to get taken in the second. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't think this is going to happen. I think talent wise, you agree, but there was a lot of buzz about him post combine. There is some things I think need to be ironed out amongst. Um, bullying behavior um there were a few accusations and there's things going through courts i believe uh mm-hmm. around the fact that he potentially bullied teammates we don't know the the full details of that and not going to speculate too much but there's a question mark there that definitely needs to be ironed out and i'm sure teams will be asking i'm with you i think he is probably a second round talent but do think he will get taken the first round because I think people realize how important it is to build the trenches. And I think someone will pay. I don't think this is a massive overpay, but, and given the fact that they have no clowny, um, it makes sense. This pick, I think it, it just is a logical pick given what's there with the 28th pick in the 2020 five yard rush mock draft 2.0, the Baltimore Ravens select Patrick queen linebacker LSU. Ravens pick is in, and they're running to the virtual podium to select Patrick Queen, linebacker out of LSU. He's a fast coverage linebacker uh, with great instincts. Will help to plug the hole left by CJ Mosley leaving in free agency last year. Queen is a, is a great option. He's best player available and the top 15 talent in this draft. Previously, we went with Terrell Lewis, uh, who would have also filled a need, but with the Ravens free agency additions, uh, and uh, Lewis's injury history, it's a bit of a red flag. So I think Queen is the best option here. In terms of needs for the Ravens, they uh, they need coverage, they need to improve their linebacker and edge, uh, having shored up uh, the, def- the central defensive line with Calais Campbell in free agency. They also need to improve interior offensive line with the retirement of uh, Marshall Yonder. And there's a bit of a need at cornerback as well. So with that in mind, uh, in terms of players still on the board, we considered uh, Gross Matos uh, as one option. Had they been available, then uh, Chason, Epinesa, uh, Murray or Henderson would have been the option. But I think Queen is the best option for the Ravens and stops them being bullied in the front seven as they were in the playoffs last year. Moving on to the Ravens, uh, they've gone with Patrick Queen. Um, he impressed me at times uh, dropping into coverage um, he wasn't kind of doing a lot of um, man coverage, but the way the way he would drop back, and he he made some nice he made some nice picks. He's a fluid guy, um, you know. He's got really really nice feet, such as kind of s- smooth movement, um, fills gaps. He's got a lot of burst. Um, I like this. I think um, you know he might he might be he might be a better linebacker than this than than falling as low as this suggests. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he's he's had a lot of hype and a lot of talk. I think he'll do uh, potentially quite well. I think he definitely will probably not make it this far down. Uh, but I do think he goes in the 20s in this draft. I think he's this position is not a lot to separate uh, the linebackers here. And I think, you know, he could go to the Saints at 26. He could fall to here. But I think it's a good pick again. A very stacked roster with very few needs. Um, makes sense that they fill one with this pick. With the 29th pick in the 2020 five-yard rush mock draft 2.0, the Tennessee Titans select Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle, Georgia. Hi, guys. This is Adam Foxcroft reporting from the Tennessee Titans war room somewhere in deepest Hertfordshire, I think. Uh, yeah, a l- 
strangely, Justin Herbert's still on the board when it comes down to pick number 29, which to me is absolutely incredible. Now, as a GM at this point, I'm probably looking to to try and trade down. I suspect there would be a few teams that would quite happily move up out of the second round and reach for, for Herbert. Given that since we last spoke, um, the Titans have signed Ryan Tannehill to a lengthy, meaty deal, going for a QB isn't the best approach right now. So with the 29th pick of the revamped second edition of the five-yard rush mock draft, the Tennessee Titans select Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia, the offensive tackle. Now, given that I've got to pick an actual player that Tennessee need at this point, I think he fits the bill really well. And also given the fact that since we spoke, Jack Conklin has has left and has become a Cleveland Brown. So there is some need on the offensive line. Now, Dennis Kelly may well step up, may well start at right tackle in his place. But someone with the physical skills of Asiah Wilson um, just could just be exactly what the team needs going forward and into the future. Um, great prospect. Um, maybe a bit of coaching, a bit of refinement needed. But I'd rather have someone with the huge size and the attributes that he has that can be coached into something um, quite impressive, particularly when you look at what the Titans offense is, which is heavily dependent on the run and heavily dependent on having a fantastic O-line, um, which we will need. So Asai Wilson is is my pick. Um, I just can't believe that someone's going to get the chance to pick Herbert at number 30, but but there we go. Um, moving on to the Titans at 29, they go with Isaiah Wilson here. Um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not huge on this guy partly because um, you know we were talking about handwork uh, in the trenches just a minute ago. To me, he's an example of doing it badly. Um, <laughs> he is a, he is a big guy. He's got a lot of power, but if those, if those hands, if those hand movements aren't right, you're not going to be making the blocks that you need to that you need to make. Um, his footwork also isn't fantastic, but it's the hands that bother me. But because of, because of his size and power, I think he is going to be he's going to be rated highly, and people will feel that they can they can teach those things. Um, I'd be slightly worried that he hasn't quite got them um, down pat, even in the SEC. But there's a lot of talent there. I agree. I actually just don't see Tennessee making this pick. I see someone like the Colts coming up. If if this board had fallen the way it was, I can't see the Colts not coming up to get Herbert here. Um, I just that just makes a little bit too much sense for me. Maybe even the Patriots if they want to leverage their future and and come and get the QB here. I just think Tennessee are a, a prime trade back candidate here. The kind of players they're looking for are are going to be there in the second round, and I just don't think they they're going to feel the need to to pick here. With the 30th pick in the 2020 five-yard rush mock draft 2.0, the Green Bay Packers select Justin Herbert, quarterback, Oregon. Hi, this is Richard from the Packers draft room. Our first-round selection is quarterback Justin Herbert. Widely touted as one of the best QBs in the draft, we have the Cardinals straight as we're on the clock. Draft situation for us perfectly and happened in a very similar way as it did for our selection of Aaron Rodgers, who's now our franchise quarterback, with him falling in the first round too. Like the pick with Aaron, we didn't mess around with the opportunity to pick up a great quarterback for the future who can sit behind Aaron for two or three years to learn the system and to learn the expectations of the league. Getting the most physically gifted player at a position this late in the draft just doesn't happen and 
he he can truly become a great with the time he can have spend on the sidelines. Um, now, in the previous mock, our pick was a replacement linebacker, um, but both linebackers we we would consider in the first round had both been taken off of the board, and with us being able to get the answer to a Q, to one of the most important positions in in football, uh, quarterback for a number of years down the road was just too good to pass up, and and that's why we ultimately handed the card in. Um, I'm off now just to celebrate with the guys. So take care going with the green bay packers they are the ones that decide to take justin herbert off the board at 30 and this is for me this pick makes an absolutely huge amount of sense but i also can never see it happening yeah i, I can't see it happening um but it's 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 a, like a nice little bit of symmetry it's reminiscent of the rogers situation where you would think herbert would go earlier and then falls to a team that's already got a, a you know a Super Bowl winning Hall of Famer already there, who doesn't look like he wants to uh, step away anytime soon, but gives you the chance to learn. Um, Justin Herbert is, if this if this was ten years ago, people would be saying he is the prototypical quarterback with his with his body, his build, and the and the way that and the way that he passes the ball. The NFL has obviously changed since then. That doesn't mean there isn't a place for somebody who is built like the traditional. Uh, quarterback he obviously didn't have a good season um his biggest issue for me is that um if his if his initial target his first read wasn't there things would start to go to pot and he's got to get that kind of coached out of him he does really feel pressure both real and imagined but he has got a lot of talent he has got a lot of tools and i think he could make a head coach very happy at some point i don't think it's going to be the packers but he is, he's got first round talent. It's going to be interesting to see where he ends up, whether he ends up at a team that has a need right now that they need a quarterback for next season or whether he can sit behind someone for a season or two. You know, if, if, you, if you're in the position of, you know, if you were kind of sitting behind Brady, for example, I mean, to me, that's, that's, the, ultimate, that's the ultimate position to be in right now because you know he's only going to be there for a couple of seasons and you will learn so much. Ideally... Uh, for Herbert, that's the sort of situation he wants to be in. I don't think I don't think Rogers would be that guy for him. No, absolutely not. But you're talking about an academic Heisman winner, 4.0 GPA, incredibly intelligent uh, human being in his own right, let alone the football IQ. I think he's got a lot of positive traits. Teammates love him. Um, I think he's got a lot of great traits about him. And I think it's a shame if he'd come out in 2019, he would have finished higher up this board. Um, I still think he, he's potentially a top six pick on Thursday, but even if he slides into the teens, he's someone who I think out of this entire process, I came into the end of the season thinking I don't want him. He's a bit too static. He's a bit too uh, stuck in the pocket for me. He's not really the type of player I would want. And I've seen him through this process. Great senior week great senior bowl, great combine, showed his athleticism. And I think it was maybe more scheme that restricted him more than actually his traits. Um, and you know that coach, head coaches are going to love the guy. Absolutely. His football IQ is off the charts as well as his actual IQ. So there will, be, there will be coaches who think, okay, I know that I can work with this guy. He's so coachable. 100%. With the 31st pick of the 2020 five-yard rush mock draft 2.0, the San Francisco 49ers select Cesar Ruiz, interior offensive lineman, Michigan. 
Hi guys, Ben Rolf back here with the San Francisco pick number 31 in the five yard rush mock. So after my earlier pick where I was dressed like Kyle Shanahan, I was told by John Lynch to reaffirm that him and Kyle are on equal footing in the franchise. And to uh, address that, it's now no longer dressed like Kyle Shanahan day, it's dressed like John Lynch day. So you can see I'm now wearing a shirt and a jacket. Um, so with pick 31, we debated going corner, but with all the main guys that we really liked off the board, we were left with going with our other favourite player in the draft right now, and that is Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan. Ruiz is an absolute mauler. I don't see many downsides to him. He was willing to go out and meet defenders head on. If there was no defender for him to take, he helped with his assignments, with the assignments of his fellow offensive linemen. He would get up into the second level and really help spring the run game. So he is a player we are really excited to have and we really think it will help take our line to the next level. We built this offence around a strong run game and Ruiz is just going to boost that while also giving us a fantastic anchor to the line in the centre of the passing game. Two more picks to go through. This one makes a ton of sense to me. The 49ers select uh, Cesar Ruiz, which just for me just smacks of perfect team, perfect fit. I, I agree. I would say if there's a criticism on him, um, I think he's overweight. I think there is just there's a there's a bit too much bad weight on him. I think he needs to be slightly leaner, and it'll make him uh, a bit more mobile. And I think it'll help with his footwork, which is which is not quite there. With the thirty second pick of the twenty twenty five yard rush mock draft two point the Kansas City Chiefs select Damon Arnett, cornerback, Ohio State. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me back. I'm going to get straight into it because I know this has been going on for a while and I'm sure you're buzzing to hear what the Kansas City Chiefs pick is. So, with pick number 32, the Kansas City Chiefs select Damon Arnett, cornerback from Ohio State. Now, not much change from the last mock that we did as I chose Arnett there. Um, uh, Much the same reasons. Uh, They're obviously Super Bowl champions, so they've got a, a very deep roster. But I feel there are a couple of areas that they can do of improvement. And the main one is corner. Um, and this class is so deep that obviously we've seen, I believe, five, four or five go before. Um, but in my opinion, Arnett is uh, my number four cornerback in this draft class. He has uh, some very good skills. Um, he is probably a bit more raw than some of the players. Uh, hence why in certain... Ranking seems a bit lower, um, but obviously being an Ohio State fan, I have watched quite a lot of him. Um, he's got exceptional athleticism. Um, his top end speed is good enough for the NFL, in my opinion. He isn't a blaze setter, um, and he's definitely better in coverage. But I think it's all skills that can be learned at the next level. Um, he's shown a willingness and a desire uh, at the college level, and potentially. Um, Starting him slow, possibly special teams. It depends on who else they bring in because obviously corner is one of the positions that they are um, a bit shallower on. So he may well be a, a day one starter, uh, which could be a bit too soon for him. Or I'd, I'd want him to, like I say, get through training camp, um, get through preseason, get some preseason games under him and then see how sort of how he sets to the NFL level there. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Pick 32, Damon Arnett, uh, solid option, very good potential, um, and I'm sure in the Kansas City team he would thrive. Thanks very much for having me, chaps. All the best. 
the Chiefs round off by going, they stick with their pick from February and go Damon Arnett. Uh, I know that uh, Ash, who made this pick, he's not a Chiefs fan. He's a Steelers fan. And he's also a Ohio State fan and loves Damon Arnett. That <laughs> explains why he took him both times at 32. I think it's a good fit. I think there's probably a few players they could they would go here instead. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not not particularly polished he's not the finished article but he is very physical um but he's he's got the negative trait that i've talked about before i i don't like to see these guys who just get very handsy with these wide receivers and they to me it suggests a lack of confidence in their own ability and just a, a fear that oh this guy is going gonna go past me there's there's a bit too much grabbing going on which is just not going to fly in the NFL, but it's it's not it's not a terrible pick by by any stretch of the imagination. No, absolutely, and again, a roster of very few needs makes sense. Cornerback is one of those. I I can I get it. It makes uh, a resonant sense for me. But yeah, I, th- I think they'll probably go other ways in uh, on, on Thursday. Ben, been a lot of fun breaking this down with you. Thank you so much. It's a shame it's not Vegas, but I'm glad that <laughs> you were able to break through. Uh, Stone job as always. Why don't you tell everyone very quickly where they can find you if they've been living under a rock? Um, you can find me on Twitter most often. That's uh, at tweets from Ben. Um, and you can hear me talking about my, uh, my, my book, um, which is, um, it's I, I, I wrote the book because no one else seemed to no one else seems to have written it. Um, you can find more information at um, nflhistorybook.com. And as I always like to say, um, you can actually read it for free. Uh, if you've got Amazon Prime and the Kindle Lending Library, read it for free and I will still get paid. I get paid for however, however much of the book you read. So if you only read half of it and you don't like the rest of it, then I only get paid for half the book, which is probably fair. So I can't argue with that. But yeah, um, I'll be obviously talking my way through the... Uh, through the NFL draft, um, all the rounds most likely, but I'll certainly be I'll certainly be up all night on Thursday. So please chat with me. I'll be popping on to um, Talksport Two at certain points um, to do that. Um, so yeah, hit me on Twitter. Keep talking, and we can all enjoy this lockdown by <laughs> obsessing about the draft. Absolutely, and uh, you know one thing you forgot to mention is you can be found on the the Nat Coombs show as well. Um, I can. I just didn't. Feel, I didn't feel he deserved the plug. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a regular on the on the Nat Coombs show, which obviously is a fantastic uh, ESPN podcast. Um, so I would very much recommend that you subscribe to that. Not just for me, but all the other fantastic people. I'm I'm way down the list of talent um, that is that is a regular on there. I mean, it's it's worth it just for Mike Carlson, frankly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think you've sold yourself a little short there, but I do love a bit of Iron Mike. And uh, despite being uh, a friend of the show, I'd put you slightly above Tom D. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, now that's going to be a problem when he hears this. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he's too busy hosting virtual racing now. So uh, <laughs> he's got his Sky gig now. It's, we're, he's too big time for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of us are stuck with print journalism, you know. Absolutely. Single-handedly keeping that alive. Well, look, as always, it's been a pleasure. Rush Nation, hope you've enjoyed this if you want to see the videos of the picks um some of them are absolute doozies though in the backgrounds to uh, people impersonating gms they're definitely well worth a, a watch on our youtube channel which you can subscribe to at five yard rush on uh, youtube don't forget to download the pod uh, we've got some amazing guests we've just had we've got some amazing guests coming on this concludes the first round and only round of this 2020 five yard rush mock draft 2.0 
And many thanks to all the fans who have contributed to this, uh, who have arrived on time for their picks, who have uh, worked really hard to to share their knowledge with you and hope that you have all got a lot out of this. Uh, special thanks as well to Ben Isaacs for his commentary and for his analysis of all the picks. And until next time, Rush Nation, the next mock draft, which will be next year, keep rushing. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.